Welcome to In Tune, a music appreciation podcast. My name is Aiden. My name is Jagged. And I'm Andrew. Hell yeah. And we back, and we back, yeah. and we back. It's been so long, I forgot which order we say our names in yeah, for a second. Me too. Yeah. I, I'm just going along <laughs> with where we started. A little clock, counterclockwise. Yeah. Clockwise. We normally go in that order. I yeah. Think. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I don't remember. <laughs> it's Pretty been sure. too long. Three months ish, yeah. yeah. Wow. Around then, I don't. When was the last time we did that episode, Aiden? I don't um, remember. Well, Juggin has we officially been here for longer. We officially released it in November, so that must have been like late October. It must have been late October that we recorded. Yeah. And then before that, it would have been like yeah, <coughs> beginning of October. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Okay. Was, yeah. Wow. Wowee. Yeah. I, There's been some time. And for the record, uh, today is Tuesday, February 11th, 2020. So we made it, guys. We're out of the 2019. Wow. Into 2020. Wow. What wow. decade? Who'd have thought? I haven't seen these guys since a whole decade ago. Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 haven't heard that joke yeah, yet. I know, right? <laughs> that was the first time. Very original. Okay. Um. So is there any music news in the past three months? <laughs> <laughs> I guess mean, like the Grammys, yeah. the Grammys happened. There was the Oscars happened. That's oh. not really music. Yeah, that's not music. <laughs> but Eminem have showed up. That's music. Yeah, he sh- he did his whole lose yourself thing yeah, for the Oscars, for and everyone 17 was like, seventeen years celebration. My favorite celebration is seventeen, 17 years. years. Yeah, what a weird number. Yeah. It's such like a why not? <laughs> it's so random. <laughs> why not just get Bill? You had Billie Eilish already do like a, a the yesterday the Beatles cover some for was that like the tribute like people that passed away was that for what that was. Is that for the Grammys? That was for the Oscars. No, for the Oscars. Oh, the Oscars. Oh, they do that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't watch the Oscars. Because, so. yeah, yeah. See, when they initially announced that she was going to perform at the Oscars, I thought it was under the impression that she was doing, like, the James Bond, that she was going to, like, show off the new oh, James Bond Oh, that would have been hype, actually. Oh. That would have been dope. Actually, yeah, now that I think about it, what, we're two, three months out, right, from the Bond movie? Yeah. Yeah. No. No, uh, no song yet. That's weird. Yeah. I feel like Spectre yeah, yeah, I feel and, like and Red yeah, right right on right away. Yeah. yeah, right on the wall was definitely earlier. Maybe it's just a bad song, and they know it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we were having we were yeah, having like, that conversation yikes. ourselves at one point. Where I was oh like, right, yeah, I was the one that was Bonner. like, I could see this working out really well. And I was like, no. And you were like, <laughs> nah. Is, wait, so it's her confirmed doing it? It's her confirmed. Okay, I never knew that either. Yeah. I'm way behind on my Bond news, apparently, and I'm a huge Bond fan. <laughs> I didn't know until yeah. Aiden told me, to be honest. Oh, okay. yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel like a lot, most people don't care about the song too much. No offense, Aiden. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I do think Skyfall is really well Skyfall done. Skyfall is and, easily And I don't like Adele normally. Oh, really? I love Adele. Man. I know. I was going to draw some heat from that comment. Yeah. <laughs> well, from Aiden especially. Yeah. 21, 19 or dope, 25. I don't like her voice. That's what it is. Great. Yeah. It's like and, not... And that's like her image, though. And oh, yeah. totally yeah. fair. Her voice is very sultry, and it's not for everybody. Yeah. It's weird, though, because I like Amy Winehouse. I put them in similar... They Yeah, I think they fit in similar categories, especially like 19-era mm-hmm. Adele. Yeah. I think fits really nicely into like an Amy Winehouse adjacent category. Yeah. yeah not for me though. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Creator finally won a Grammy. Well he did? Yeah. Yeah. For what? For Igor. No, yeah. but for what category? Rap album. Rap album. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I didn't want to give it to what one album? I actually I don't know who what was nominated. Won, what won the album of the year? 
Billie Eilish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she won album of the year. Yeah, she swept all the ca- like major categories. Yeah. And she didn't want to. That was mm-hmm. the funny yeah. thing. There's like I think it was for it was either for album of the year or for another certain award. There was like the preamble happened and they had the cameras on all the different artists. Yeah. And you can see she was like, please stop giving me shit. No, <laughs> d- didn't she say someone else deserved it over her? Well, yeah, yeah. She went on stage too and she was like, on like Taylor. Did she say Taylor or who the fuck did she no, say? No, it wasn't Taylor. It was another like female artist. I, it was Ariana Grande. I'm pretty sure. It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not necessarily wrong. Both were great albums. Yeah. I haven't listened to Billy Eilish. It's almost all. It's good. It's good. It's legitimately good. But I don't think it, don't think it deserves album of the year. Not even like I don't feel like the production was so incredible that it deserved yeah. it. It's just like a cute story all around. Where it's like, oh, you you did your album, D- kind of DIY ish. Mm-hmm. With your producer brother, yeah, and you're very it. famous. And it's like, yeah, you're, um, very you're very yeah. well known. Like, Phineas and... is already well, like well established. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like it's I don't know. It's it's pure cute fodder. Where it's just like, look at this brother sister combo doing an album together. Ain't that cute? And they're so young. <laughs> who who what bit into I, that fodder? I, I I don't know. I don't think narrative should be. I think that I, I think the narrative played a bit into it. Yeah, I, but I don't think that should have been. No, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we do live in that day yeah. and age where narrative. Speaking of does. narrative, I was listening to the and the New York Times podcast, and they were talking about like, and it, it wasn't something that I initially thought of when we were initially when when they started talking about it. It's never something that I kind of caught that the Grammy performances always do. But there's always the artist that thinks. Or feels like they had to do like a slow, sultry, like somber song for the Grammy performance. Oh, yeah. And that's what Billie Eilish ended up doing. Like, she has so many like good songs that she could have done for the Grammy performance that she did, and said she did when the party's over. Yeah. <laughs> Which is still a nice song, but it's just like, it's like probably the slowest song on the album, and yeah, like, I I didn't watch the Grammys either. Yeah. So I'll take your word for it, but yeah, I agree with that. People yeah. generally do like, like the ballad song. Slower, like almost like it's like you're at a Great Gatsby party. Yeah, almost. they do. Is it, is it think, maybe just think, like easier, like production wise, like maybe. a faster song would require like a much larger production. I feel probably like. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like I, I just I feel like I could also think yeah. like the Grammys still consider them like this high class society though, and yeah. like something that yeah has like a more like energetic vibe to it. it brings a younger crowd where the high class society is like. Yeah older people yeah almost i just feel like in a very generalistic way i feel like kendrick had shown like time again time and time again for like the two or three years that he was regularly doing grammy performances that like and it's partly because he ended up doing medleys a lot of the times they're just like compilations and Mm -hmm. blendings of all these different songs but they were all like i don't think maybe for like 20 seconds here it'd be slow and then it just like pick back up pick back up and be like a us the fucking rush of a song like just yeah no definitely i know what you mean yeah. the best way is to have like yeah a slow section mm-hmm. right like a small one but overall i feel like it should be energetic like yeah people are excited their their favorite album might win whatever you know yeah. and people that's and i i think that's that's what made tyler's creator's performance such a standout for the grammy performances here too was he ended up doing earthquake and then I saw that. Blending right into New Magic Wand. And New Magic Wand just has, like, that, like, aggression. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Like, he, yeah, he just, he, he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I saw that performance. It was super good. Yeah. And, like, the way the cameras and everything. But, yeah. Yeah. 
This is a bit of a rant. We gotta get on it. We gotta <coughs> talk. So. So let's start with Andy. All right. So, for getting back into it, the album I picked is from Overcast. Uh, it's called Try Again. Uh, he's a rapper from Oakland, but. And this so- is like officially considered like a mixtape of his on his end or whatever, right? Okay, I didn't. Oh, that's my... <laughs> that's what I was saying too much. I thought it was just an EP of some sort, but yeah, sure, we'll go with mixtape. We'll uh, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter. But yeah, he's <laughs> sort of since like Earl has brought this like sound to the mainstream almost a whole bunch of other rappers have been popping up having this like lo-fi rap sound and i I feel like this is a better descriptor for lo-fi hip-hop than what we know lo-fi hip-hop to be yeah oh for sure and especially like he he runs in that same circles uh Uh, like he he is he is the one that did the the el toro combo meal song yeah, oh, he yeah, he produced for Earl. That's what put yeah. him on the map That's originally, what, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So he's like he's a part of that collective that like Mint, uh, yeah, like the, Navy or whatever. It's, it, Mint it's Navy. The slums, the slums. Yeah. That's what uh, Mike and Stanny on the corner affiliates. Yeah, all like call themselves pretty much. And then like, yeah, maybe comes in Navy Blue. Uh, Earl is part of that group now too, and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're officially a part of that group, but sort of that whole sound is associated with that group so people just umbrella term it and be like this is the slum sound yeah and i i fuck with it i love it's, it it's nice <laughs> yeah it's definitely one of my favorite like new school rap sounds just like the the dread in their like lyrics almost like an existential feel in their beats and everything that they're just like everything just seems pointless yet <laughs> <laughs> sad that way yeah yeah, it's almost like melancholic but like at the same time it gets you hype no i know it puts you like in a groove yeah and just like this like that's a hypnotic state yeah exactly yeah without going too pretentious into it and everything their lyrics definitely like overall hip-hop i definitely relate with their kind of lyrics more because they talk more about like mental illness and stuff like that rather than like I don't know, like other hip hop lyrics where it's more like racial issues where I can't really identify with because I'm white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Song wise, though, this is just another, like, I guess if you're expecting more of that slum sound, if you're familiar with it, like more like repetitive loops of like yeah. samples and everything, very like monotonous vocals. Yeah, and he's, he's definitely like, I think he's had like the, the knowledge comparison thrown around. Yeah. for him as well yeah he the one thing i read about it too is that he's very good at using his voice as another instrument too and that's Ooh. what i feel like uh, he does well in these songs it's he's not just rapping but he's thinking about the song while he's making it and making it like his voice going along with like blending into the song almost mm-hmm. yeah i i thought it was very well done yeah but I, I don't think it's also at the same time like a must listen for this new wave of hip hop that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely like a it's like a short enough kind of snack sized listen mm-hmm. of an album or whatever or like of a of an idea of an album. Or yeah. just like a, a perspective. Yeah, no, like I, I can definitely see that these ideas that he had on here can be like fully thought mm. out in future releases. Yeah. And if it, it is a mixtape, if that's what we're yeah. going off of. Yeah. It's uh, definitely, like... It, it does seem like more of a mixtape. Yeah. Like, 
it's definitely even I'd say probably more of more of an accessible listen than Feet of Clay is. I was gonna say I actually think that I appreciate this a little bit more than Feet of Clay. Wow. Yeah, I love Feet of Clay too. <laughs> yeah, I just love this whole sound. I'm a sucker I, for it. So I just like going back to what you guys said. I I personally think like well I think that like the length and like the and everything kind of like plays in perfectly with uh, kind of like how you said it's like repetitive. And, like the beats, mm-hmm. the production, everything. Yeah, I think that it works really well with the current length and everything. And I think that going beyond or like expanding on on a bigger project wouldn't really work for this kind yeah. of sound, if you ask me. Yeah. I feel like a twenty. I feel like it would suffer from like a Billy Woods kind mm-hmm. of problem, mm-hmm. right? Like it's eighteen minutes, nine songs, right? Yeah. Solid, like two minutes, a little like repetitive, but you never get tired of it. Actually, even though it's repetitive, yeah. And I, don't, I think it doesn't need to be like quote unquote more fleshed out, right? Yeah. That's how I think. And I think it. he's. Overcast is really smart with his his transitions and mm-hmm. like switching up what a transition sounds like in in this album. Like there's even um, Church had that really neat transition section in the middle of it where it's just like it kind of plays itself off of like someone is going into the back of a car. Does anyone remember that little section? Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just like it starts to sound like it's like a handheld or like a phone recording of someone like yeah. opening the back door, getting into a car, going somewhere else, that sort of thing. I think he has a lot of fun with that sort of thing. The way we'll say, a lot of artists are doing like that, like mini talking section, like a like a philosopher or like. Uh, Almost like an interlude. Like a speaker. Oh, yeah. I, as like an interlude. I love yeah. that. I'm sorry if you don't like it. <laughs> no, yeah, I, don't I like love it. it. I th- like, this is the first time that I was like really noticing it. I was like, I don't know what's going on with this. <laughs> I feel like, and I and maybe it's just because like I'm not, maybe it's just because I need to listen to it a bit more and see what the theme is, but I feel like a lot of other albums kind of wore the theme on their sleeve a little bit more. So, like, that that sort of thing made a bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Like, when Solange did it, there was, like, a sort of awareness of, like, why it was there and why certain sessions... You, you feel like, like it was almost out of place. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's not to say that Overcast used it for the sake of using it. I'm sure he had a very intentional reason for using what mm-hmm. he used, but I just... I, I was a bit lost on it. I feel you. I don't... I think I told you, I don't like any interludes. <laughs> like uh, unless it's like very much like a, if it's like a story album mm-hmm. right like for example like Good Kid Mad City I can because yeah. it's like actually like a part of like a part of the album I suppose. but like for example I always bring this one up because I hate them it blondes yeah, interludes fuck- like I, I, I get that it's like a part of the theme and everything that's going on with the album but I, like, I just don't like them yeah that I don't enjoy listening to them that's fair yeah to the most part it's like I, I want to listen to what you can do through like more instrumentality than like a spoken word thing. Yeah. I guess I'm just not into spoken word. I That's guess. fair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But. I think the, the, <laughs> the noted highlight for me is like, it's from Earl sweatshirt from some rap songs where he had like, and it, it just played in tandem with everything that he's talking about on some rap songs and like sort of like the tribute to his father in there. So mm-hmm. like it, it has the spoken word section from his father and it has the spoken word section or like the, the, the Q and a section that his mom had done mm-hmm. so like there's a very distinct reason for that being there I've got to figure I, I've got to figure out why it's used here but it wasn't initially and that's also I don't know this person mm-hmm. I've fought I've followed Earl sweatshirt for however long yeah so I have that more of an association yeah so that's probably it that's probably 
I think on my end. I feel like it still needs to be, like, you shouldn't need to know all the background about yeah. an album in order for you to understand why there's this interlude or something. Yeah. It should it should feel like, okay, I get why it's here. Regardless if, if it's a random person album, you got hand to you on the street, or yeah. if it's by, like, one of the most well-known artists in the world, it shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I really like this album. Though. Yeah. Like, actually, like, I really enjoyed it. And normally, like, I don't like the more monotone rapping style. I've mentioned it before. He really but, works with it. But yeah. he works with it because it's still, it just, like, it fits into the production really well. And that's mm-hmm. why I liked Fida Clay. Like for the similar reason why Earl's production plays in really well with the monotone, kind of like more like dry rapping style. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, I personally, I think my favorite track was Casualty. I really love the production on that album. I mean, that, that album, that song. Yeah. And I think if, every time it came on, I would always like notice. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I like that. Like the intro part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I think like? I really like Two Minute Bars. All right. Mm-hmm. Two Minute Bars is probably up there for a personal favorite of mine. Like, it just goes off the bat. I love, like, the pinchy, kind of twisty production on that one. Like, it kind of just wraps <laughs> around really nicely. Mavi just goes all in yeah. on his verse. He's like, rapping on my mountains if I peaked, you wouldn't say shit. I don't That's know the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> Willing cinch, I slip my wrist through. Man, Willie Lynch, I'm in my whip proof. Willie Lynch just gets, like, a lot of play with rappers, and I think, like, I don't know, that was a really good line on that kind of section. What does that reference? Willie Lynch was, <laughs> and it's a bit of a, like, it's become more and more apparent that it might have, it might, might be more of, like, just kind of like a myth in some sense, but Willie Lynch was back yeah. in the, the 1700s or something like that, and he was detailing, like, the slave owner was, like, how, like, writing how to how to pit like uh like slaves against each other and keep them like deterred so to speak okay wow yeah oh, oh, that's crazy yeah yeah. <laughs> like, so, oh, that's that's, yeah so now it's uh it's become more and more i think more and more like uh historians have kind of said like maybe like things didn't necessarily happen as we originally thought they did maybe this person existed and maybe something similar or like something akin to what happened happened, but not necessarily in like a, like of findings of like a book or something because they couldn't find like the the actual. Oh, so book it's or almost like it's all from like word of mouth. That this so it's happened? like a word of mouth, like. Mm, so it's definitely been morphed a little bit through yeah, the ages. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like a base on a true story kind of movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. I think it's, like, it's, it's like definitely been, it's been dramatized. Like a like, like, like a game of telephone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get. That. But like like Willie Lynch, like I think um, fairly. I'm trying to think of like Kendrick Lamar has used his name in like To Pimp a Butterfly, and a, a lot of rappers have used the name and mm-hmm. sort of the the association to to slavery to kind of discuss. Yeah. The, the topic. Of course. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was dope. All praise was really good. I like the um I love the flow of the track and like the muffled section on the end is really interesting. Like there's there's a place and there's like a a certain what am I trying to say? There's a way that that section couldn't have worked. And it very like but I think he ended up working it out really well and I think the overall topic just seems sort of to be on some sort of like sentiments of faith and religion and all that sort of thing so the way i felt like i read that last section is like meant to be some sort of like 
this is only for like him so to speak to hear and that's what it's sort of it's sort of like i mean the muffled was legible enough to make it sound like i think it was just kind of like repeating that hook again but with like a muffling or like a like a distorting the voice in such a way that it was wasn't legible but i just found it really cool yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, that's kind of one of the referencing points i was using that he was using his voice in another way yeah to blend with the album Mm -hmm. and another whole sound Mm -hmm. yeah those were like two tracks that i really really liked uck was really good yeah yeah i i would say like overall i put all the tracks up pretty high Mm -hmm. i think the one that definitely stands out the most would be the two that juggin listed though i only listed one casual oh i thought you listed church too (laughs) no aiden talked about church but church is also up there for me yeah yeah Yeah, those two are up there for me yeah yeah no i was uh I was just surprised by how short it was. But as soon as I started listening, it made sense. It yeah, all, exactly. all pieced yeah. together. Yeah. And a lot of these guys do really shorter releases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this works perfectly. Yeah. Like it, it's, a, it's a, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Definitely one of my favorite new exciting rap scenes so, after it seems that a lot of the direction the Hellfire Club has just <laughs> not gone in properly. Yeah, that's fair. So would you call this lo-fi hip-hop, or has that kind of been taken by, like, the YouTube? I think it's overall <laughs> it's been t- it's too, like, attached to that idea that it's, like, lo-fi, lo-fi hip-hop to listen to and chill to, like, yeah, study, study to study and to, stuff yeah. like that. It's become, YouTube. like, very broad. It's too, like, associated okay. with that. But this is definitely a better descriptor for that term. Yeah. But there's no like, there's no like known category this goes in right now. Yeah, no. Because like, if I was it, to search up lo-fi hip hop on Google, I'd find like only like oh, the anime girl studying yeah, with like, <laughs> yeah. trap beats. A, a That's like it, the lo-fi hip hop. A nowadays, lot of it right? they call is just like alternative rap mm-hmm. or like yeah or experimental rap and stuff like that. It's not really experimental though. It's yeah, like yeah. something like clipping or death grips. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say alternative hip hop might be the closest descriptor. Yeah. Yeah. That could be, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. art rap is completely different, too. Yeah. Doom rap. Doom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that could be a good descriptor, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like... This felt like the whole lo-fi thing, but like it also seemed to have like a stronger emphasis on keys as well, which I really liked. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say... Th- this album in particular as much as i liked it is a great representation of that whole genre as well yeah no definitely like compared to like mike and even earl sweatshirt Mm -hmm. like he definitely goes a little more into other areas of hip-hop as well Mm -hmm. like his voice is still very standard like yeah lo-fi or alternative not necessarily run-of-the-mill but like no no but his his, his beats definitely i i'd say are not overly similar to like what the genre has been known for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's still very Mad Lib inspired though. Yeah, I love Mad Lib. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I love this whole collective. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely liked this. I wouldn't say I liked it more than I expected, but I was like, oh, I got more out of twenty minutes or so. 
<laughs> than I expected. Yeah. Did yeah. you liked Vita Clay? You said. I liked it. I appreciated it too. Okay. Did, uh, like I, it's. I, I wouldn't say that it's like a step below some rap songs or anything, but I think like just some rap songs has so much of like what I was looking for and what I still kind of look for. So I think that's there. There, there is like that returning factor that that still that album still has. Yeah. Whereas like Feet of Clay didn't necessarily have that. Yeah, I, Feet of Clay is a little future heavy too. Yeah, but I love that. I love futures. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one thing that I know a lot of people complain about on albums, but all I don't care if like a album is like loaded with futures. I'm like, I love this. Yeah, it just well, even like with some with Feet of Clay, like it doesn't, they don't, they don't overstay their welcome, and it's not like they they don't feel out of place ever. And it's partly because I think they all not necessarily sound the same, but I think they all have a similar like they they all sound similar like song wise or voice wise uh, voice wise oh, okay yeah <laughs> yeah like song wise I disagree but yeah yes voice wise yeah yeah I, I know I know what you're talking about there's a word for it and I think you were trying to think of that word mm-hmm. yeah no I'm stuck on that yeah but that's fine. <laughs> yeah okay you guys want to move on to Aiden's album yeah wait I think... is it mine out or uh, it's, mine it's Aiden's okay. yeah you're last yeah <laughs> Dang it, two in a row. You want to switch, Aiden? Hmm? You want to switch? Because then I get two in a row. Right. For the classic album. Yeah, yeah. we can switch. I guess, yeah. 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 yeah okay. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. This is the I first know. new episode in four months, so. Yeah. Okay. So, if anybody uses TikTok, they probably know who this is. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only way I knew who she was, to be honest, and it's, it's Doja Cat. Okay, <laughs> I picked Doja Cat's Hot Pink album. Okay, I, I, before I get into it, ha, is she like big? I mean, she had, I guess she had like Tyga on her home and Smeal and everything and Gucci. Um, right? But like, I've never heard of this woman before. I like, I think she has enough of a, she has enough mutuals and like enough people in her circle that have like linked her up with like the right people, so to speak. Like, um, like she's tight with Kenny Beats. Oh, she is. She was on that, I think. I'm not sure if I ever showed you the one that she did, but Doja Cat also has like a a cave episode. A cave episode. Wow. Oh, I guess I've yeah. only seen the ones I like, or the yeah. people I knew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she's. I think she's definitely like been a part of that collective. She she had a feature with Rico Nasty. That that song is just fucking great. Is it? Tia Tamara is so fucking good. <laughs> mm. Um, that is one of her better songs. It's so good. <laughs> and and then she she blew up. Really, really big, partly because of like the the Moo song. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I I knew that song. Yeah. But then I didn't realize it was her until much yeah. later, and I was like, "Wow, okay, funny." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so I picked this album because I heard the song that became really big, "Say So," and it and that chorus that in has, it, yeah. the, it that became a dance. It, it's the it's the exact that kind of hook right into like my ears. Where it's like it won't get out, it won't get out of my head. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out what song was, and therefore I listened to the whole album. I wasn't expecting it to be a rap album because like the chorus or like the hook in in say so is very like synth poppy. Yeah. Right, and that's what yeah. I was looking for. So I came into it, and like I, I personally liked it more than I know both of you guys did. I don't think by any means this is a memorable album, really. No. But I, I, I don't, don't think, think she... I disliked it. Like, I, I, think she's, I don't think she's trying to. And that's not, like, a shot at her either, but it's, like, I don't think she's trying to do something memorable. 
Like I don't know. I think it's the opposite, actually. I think she's trying to hit every market. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I, that's something that I was going to go further yeah. on. It was just like she like she's really trying hard to show that she can fit and she can pocket so many different genres or so many different subgenres and and kind of say, look, I can do them, kind of thing. Where she's like, she's able to do like the two thousands. She's able to, or like she she likes to think that she's able to do like the two thousands R and B. She's able to do the Evo trap and that sort of thing. The trap. <laughs> yeah. Like bottom bottom bitch is like super like not like Lil Peep or anything like that, but like it kind of has like that similar vibe. She's sampling like a Blink One Eighty Two song too with that. I don't like the first four songs <laughs> very much at all, so I skip Bottom Bitch very often. Yeah, I also no, bottom, don't like, like Rules, which I know you like Rules. Really? Actually. Ah! I think Rules, if Rules is also the most like rap heavy. Yeah, I think, and I that's think that... why I'm like, it's not what I want. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I don't know. I think I saw. Sorry, that's why I can't really comment on the Bottom Bitch thing because, like, honestly, I, I can't remember that song. Yeah. I remember the Smino song won't bite because it has like that <laughs> interesting <laughs> vocal <laughs> thing. Yeah. And I know rules because I listened to it again after you mentioned it was you liked it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I think that, yeah. like, <laughs> when she gets in her bag and she gets kind of, like, braggy and sort of, like, just in that sort of sphere, that's when I like her the most. Mm-hmm. And that's that's partly why I really like T. Tamara because it's just, like... You like the big dick energy. Yeah, I like the big dick energy <laughs> that she can kind of provide where it's just, like... That that second that that whole second verse on rules is really really good. <laughs> um, it's not like <laughs> it's not like amazing rap bars. It's not like she's like oh she's spitting or anything. But like <laughs> there's something there. It's yeah. just like the whole like you got a fake gold chain on. Change that. That whole line like uh, it's just like the pinnacle yeah. to be, the, what I wrote down was it is like the pinnacle of petty and funny that I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I can't get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, Andy, what did you think? Because I know you didn't like it. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. No, I I did not like this album. Uh, yeah, she's just trying way too many genres, and none of them seem fulfilled in any way. They all just like either copy who she's trying way too hard like I get so many other artists on here that I can tell where she's drawing influence from that it's just not as good where she's drawing influence from and it like drawing influence is great and everything but you, it's just so recognizable that I'm like okay you're doing your Nicki Minaj but you're doing it a whole lot worse than how she does it <laughs> and a whole lot less memorable as well mm-hmm. like yeah there's no cohesion on this album this is like the staple definition of if you need to know what cohesion sounds like you show people this album what not Not to do do, yeah yeah uh yeah but there are some tracks that stand out i'll give it that like i think she is more of a singles person Mm -hmm. because there have been a lot of singles i've liked from her uh again like 
I agree with you. Say So is a wonderful song. Yeah, and that's yeah. definitely like when that song came on, it was like, yeah, I want more of this as well. I don't want more of Rules. Sorry, yeah. Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Even like the, the boss, like boss bitch that she did for Birds of Prey, that was fun. Like, it's oh. just like. I didn't even know she did. Okay. Wait, did that movie come out yet? Yeah, yeah. it did. Oh. Good reviews, probably not. Generally good reviews. Yeah, it got, oh, it got wow. favorable. Wow. Yeah, it just yeah. did shitty at the box office. Yeah. Wait, when did it come out? Like last week. Last Friday. I mean, I guess yeah. I didn't know. It was telling of like how much hype there was around yeah. it, right? Yeah. Anyway, so, so she okay. Um, she did a song. I know. Uh, did Ariana Grande do a song? Am I crazy? I feel like that was maybe you're thinking of Charlie's Angels. Yeah, I think that's Charlie's oh, yeah, Angels. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Meg oh, the Stallion did one for Birds of Prey too, I think. Yeah, and yeah. Then, a lot of that similar. Sphere. And Billie Eilish, right? Like you mentioned before, right? Billie Eilish. Maybe. Uh, that, uh, mm, <laughs> okay. Know. Anyway, side talk. Anyways, back to her. Birds of prey. Birds of prey. <laughs> Who else is that? Yeah. Megan Stallion, Saweetie, Halsey. Yeah, no Billie. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know why I thought. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Yeah, cybersex was... I I think... I came into the movie like, yeah, no, cybersex just... It was bad when it was a single, and it's still fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Is that the one with the AI line? Yeah. Oh, my God. The Skype and AI, <laughs> yeah. and... You fucking an AI. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, that one, you fucking AI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. See, see she has potential, though. Yeah. Uh, that's a, is a really like aggravating when listening to this. It's like, okay, like if you stuck to like maybe your say so format, maybe you could have made an album full of like banners like this, and yeah. people would have been like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, she seems to have like a lot of good people behind her, and like I, I she has like a good team of writers for the most part. When when well, it works, you, it works. Does she have a team of writers, or do you think she does it herself? I think she she comes up with some of the ideas herself. Like if you like, there's a like she she's always on like Instagram Live or something like that. I hope and she talks shit about us later. <laughs> 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 she's like that, but like even like when she's not ranting about being shit on, she'll she's kind of like doing an inside look on like her process. So like cause she like even I think before she used to do her own beats and that sort of thing. I don't know if she did beats all the beats herself for this but that's where she kind of came from and I'm sure like Moo she did like she knows how to write but even for this album she has like she has like the like credits from like Dr. Luke and like right there's like yeah like a few other people in that sort of sphere so like I don't know she has like a I don't know Dr. Luke is known to do that sort of thing I I don't know if you'd I don't know if that's necessarily a good credit, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she but... got some. I'm sure I feel like I remember hearing that a bunch of backlash when it was announced that Dr. Luke was doing writing. Yeah, I think I remember hearing that, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's the one thing I remember about Doja Cat is hearing something like that. Yeah. I, I never hope on my worst enemy that anybody, but they, their job when they go into it, like, oh my god, they're on that. 
I'd never wish it on you guys, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the worst. That's like such an insulting thing to hear. Yeah, I would be yeah. I'd be so sad if somebody was like, Oh, Juggins on that team that they're gonna suck. I'd be like, Oh man. <laughs> well that okay, <laughs> like, 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 yeah. to be fair, Doctor be, Luke's yeah. a scumbag. That's okay, all. I, I don't yeah. even know who this person is. He is like honest. he is like the main kind of he is the main person that has like all the allegations with that Kesha thing. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's oh, that's okay. the that's the history yeah. there. It's yeah. it's not like we're just talking shit because it's yeah. like Ed Sheeran's producing or some shit like that. Yeah. Some uh-huh. like lame person. Yeah. It's not that he's lame. It's just that he's shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Talk dirty. Also, like, there was just like a weird thing on this album where just like the second verses were like the the verses that she'd go like do her like hard rap kind of thing yeah, which is what i was yeah, it was really was, weird yeah, yeah which was what i was all for <laughs> I all, all the choruses are very catchy and yeah. very hooky and very like poppy yeah and then she yeah she has like a middle section where it's kind of like singy rappy yeah and then she has her hard rap heavy it's every single song is the same structure yeah, yeah. say so is just the song that had the best yeah. for me yeah. <laughs> but yeah like all yeah they're all about they're all roughly the same yeah oh and if they're not the same then it has very annoying things like won't bite yeah. Like, I don't want to do the thing, Aiden. You can do it again if you want. <laughs> I think we, we said it. We talked about it before we recorded, but Smito has a good verse on this, too. Mm. He's on Won't Bite, and it's fun. His vocal Gucci Mane sucks. Tiger sucks. I'm so mad. Yeah. Is Tiger ever good, though? Tiger's pretty Tiger's bad all the time. Yeah. There I'm, is a... I'm, I'm sorry. Gucci Mane is also pretty bad most of the time, too. <laughs> I disagree. He, he, he was horrible at Oshiega too. I, I uh, that does that doesn't surprise like, me. I feel like I'm not surprised that I'm not I'm not surprised that he's bad live. Yeah, he just but, like lip syncs and everything. Yeah, he is. He seems like the type of person that benefits from good hype boys. Yeah, yeah. And totally. I feel like he just doesn't always have that. Probably that's likely the problem. Yeah, I think I have always had it out for him though because I've never liked him. Yeah, at all. How is Gucci allowed into the country? Now that I think about Good question. it. Good like, behavior. He, like, Montreal very have different borders. <laughs> Good behavior, maybe? I don't know. Mm-hmm, I can't. I, mean, I don't know. But yeah, has he had good behavior? I'm pretty sure the last time, because me and Andy were supposed to see him a couple times at least, and we saw him once. Yeah. Um, the As first far- time he canceled because he found weed in his thing. Like I'm just, Every single time he gets caught with something, and then there's a whole situation. There's a whole situation, yeah. And then for that, he still... Is allowed into Canada? It's so weird. Yeah, I, I remember I when we were, we were, we didn't go see him at Oshiega, but we were standing near a stage, and I was like, I wonder if he's actually going to show up. Like, they didn't announce anything that he was canceled or anything, so I'm like, I wonder if he's just going to no-show. Mm-hmm. And then he came on stage, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Strange. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk yeah. about this I, it, I just thought it'd be more of an interesting thing to have I, uh, I like to bring a negative album onto the table yeah, yeah every once in a while right? like even if I hear it I'm like if, if I don't like it but I think it'd be more interesting to talk about I put it out there yeah yeah, right? so, yeah right exactly right so yeah, uh, this is my day. I, I, I personally that was last February too I think right. oh, yeah. 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 February just that month yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know who would have the thing the, the my thing with Juicy is like you know who would have Really done so much better, and 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 fits and fits into that similar pocket. Ty Dolla Sign. For uh. For for juicy. For juicy, yeah. yeah. Easy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. For Easy. sure, actually. 
Tiger was a weird fit for sure. And I think Juicy he's is probably just one the, the cheapest again. Yeah, he's Let, probably let's like. Let's be honest. <laughs> like, like, these futures are on like every. Well, not Smino, but Gucci Mane and Tyga. They're on so many releases. They're probably not that expensive to get. Yeah. They'll probably do anything and everything. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, is it. Who does Paranoid? Is that Tyga or is that Tidala? No, I don't know. I've never man. heard of that. Tidala sign. <laughs> it's like super old. It has like B.O.B. back when B.O.B. was a thing. It's like a 2013 song. Who's B.O.B.? Uh, oh. Airplanes. Oh. I could use a genie or a witch. Williams? Yeah. Okay. He, yeah, the, the flat, flat line. He's a flat earther. Oh, right. That's like his big yes, claim to fame. Guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just trying to get back into the spotlight. Yeah. So he says something crazy. Yeah. But yeah. It's an album. <laughs> yeah. I, personally, I don't think it's the worst thing. I enjoyed it. Overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed the good parts of it. Um, I'm yeah. I think Andy is pretty much in the opposite boat. Hates it. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted the end when I was listening to it. <laughs> Damn. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. This was the one of the first times I've listened to an album in this podcast where I was like, I don't know if I, I can like finish it. this. Oh, I was little pumps for me. Yeah, uh, I could. I, I don't think I even either. listened to the whole thing. No. <laughs> Yeah, didn't we t- talk shit about the Kardashians for half that album yeah. too? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's how forgettable yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. I-, I still think there's some catchy songs on here. Yeah, no, there's she's got potential. It's, so it's like, not it's like the worst album potential. ever made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just, something to look forward to. If I was going to recommend Doja Cat, I would be like, just go listen to her top Spotify songs or whatever. Yeah. Just yeah. listen to those. Yeah, she's a, yeah. She's one yeah. of those artists. Yeah, she's yeah. one of those artists, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think oh. that's all good. Yeah. yeah, good. Aiden, what did you pick this week? So, I ended up picking Silver Tongue by Torres. Or Torres? I think it's Torres. Um, this is kind of like my first dive into that artist. I, I feel like I've heard her name kind of pop up every now and again. She kind of fits in that similar sphere somewhat as like Phoebe Bridgers and... That sort of thing, but she's been around a bit longer. I feel like, yeah, like, say so, like, like I'd say she's more similar to Mitski. Yeah, that might be a better fit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. My it's like I heard the name and I was kind of really grabbed by kind of like the subtle strangeness of the album cover. It's just what like just like like how it was painted. How it was painted. And just how it has like a strange look too. Yeah, it's just, like, the very strange, like, art style, and then there's just so many small things where it's, like, why is this in the cover? Like, there's that small, like, that weird sphere yeah, behind her, and it's, like, why the fuck is that there? And then, like, she has, like, some, like, flower that she's, like, extending out. It was, just, it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting. So I was kind of curious, and it seemed like... The discussion behind it was, for the most part, fairly positive, and I was like, maybe this will work for me. So, yeah, and then it became apparent that she had produced it herself. It's not an album that blew me away, but I think it was an album that I kind of wanted to dissect a little bit, or try to figure out my thoughts on it, but I feel like right up until the end, the songs either fit into, like, one of two categories 
where they either really show off her vocal chops or like what she can kind of do with her voice. Others really shine in the instrumentation department and it's not they they almost never necessarily they almost never necessarily knit well together. I think like for a lot of the songs up until the last song, Silver Tongue, they're kind of either really great instrumentation or like interesting vocal bits. And they never kind of they never tie. They never, they never like intersect. They never intersect. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see that, actually. Uh, like, yeah, Dressing America has the, the really good vocal chops. Good Grief has the good vocals. And then on the other side, Last Forest has, like, the really cool pedal steel guitar section. Like, there's, like, that really kind of, like, nice guitar sound there. The percussion in A Few Blue Flowers is really good. And, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of your like lyrically and stuff. It kind of feels like slightly your rung of the mill in that sort of area with like that Mitski kind of thing. It's very. Is there any kind of theme or story behind the song? It feels like it reads like a bit of a a breakup or like relationships and how to like figuring out relationships kind of album. Mm. Like kind of generic. Slightly generic, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, I think in that same vein as, like, Mitski, I feel like there's, like, a... And Good Scare has it probably the most specifically where it's, like, much like the album cover, there's sort of, like, this weird, subtle humor or charm or strangeness in some of, like, her lyrical choices. Like, in, in Good Scare, she says, You make me want to write a country song. Folks that... Folks here in New York get a kick out of... I'd seen about knocking you up under Tennessee stars. <laughs> it's not, like yeah. it's like it's funny interesting <laughs> like there's 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 a there's something like subtle kind of like funny tongue in cheek about her but i feel like a lot of other writers kind of have that similar kind of thing yeah what did y'all think you go ahead first andy okay i'm, I'm collecting my thoughts okay <laughs> I hate to be negative twice in a row. <laughs> and honestly, I listened to this album two times or three times, even the whole way through. Um, this is going to be the opposite from Doja Cat in a way. Uh, I just thought it was frankly boring. I just thought it mm-hmm. was uninteresting the whole way through. And that's honestly almost worse to me than <laughs> how I thought about uh, Doja Cat's album because wow. at least at least Doja Cat like presented something interesting but in a bad way mm-hmm. that I, I could recognize but like this I just it went through one year and went out the other maybe I need more time with it and everything but I just thought it was very run of the mill indie rock mm-hmm. um, maybe I just oversaturated myself too with indie rock over the past couple of years as well but yeah. yeah this album was getting a huge amount of praise as well like as her comeback album after getting like fucked over by merge or whatever record label it was yeah. that sort of was like you're not successful enough so we're dropping you even though they had a whole was she the one that was yeah it was on her. that oh yeah. right yeah That's it was that I whole controversy yeah. pretty much even though they had so many like more like not successful bands they just dropped her yeah her, like yeah so this was like her redemption album and everything because her last album 
I don't think got really good critical reception. Yeah. I could be wrong on that, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've always found her to be pretty run-of-the-mill mm-hmm. in general, so I wasn't expecting much either going into this album because every album I've listened to her by her, I just haven't found anything really no- noticeable. That was, like, graspable. Yeah, yeah, like, notable in any way compared to, like, Mitski because at least Mitski has, like, some personality and flair to Mm-hmm. Like, her her brand of indie rock has become, like, a staple the past years. Like, snail yeah. mail and stuff Easy. like that. Yeah. yeah. If it's kind of like... Uh, it, it Like, I, I remember listening to a pod that, once again, the New York Times podcast talked about where they're like, Mitski and so many other artists of that similar vein are, like, the pinnacle of, like, artists that don't think that they'll get big from doing lo-fi. Mm. And then they get big from yeah. doing the lo-fi album and get a bunch of fucking money and get a bunch of investment to do whatever the fuck they want and they don't necessarily know what the fuck they want to do. Yeah. And or, like, they have such broad ideas of, like, what they want to do and they're not necessarily the best ideas. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. that. That's Because there's a lot of good artists who are, like, successful with doing that as well. Like, looking at, like, like related artists. Like yeah, like Soccer Sock- Mommy. Or... Soccer Mommy did a decent job. I know a lot of people th- think she's a bore, which a lot of people are probably going to roll their eyes for me saying she's better than Torres. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I honestly... Uh, no, I see that too. And yeah. then even like um, that new track that uh, Waxahachie. Yeah, which, Waxahachie had... She had a pretty good uh, startup and then fell off. And Yeah, I feel like again. she's back yeah. on the up again. Yeah. Especially of... with that first, that, that single that just Yeah, but out. like looking at all these like yeah. related artists, there's so many good ones. Like, yeah. It's not, it, I think it's just the type of artist that sometimes comes in and they have these grand ideas on paper that sound amazing, but they don't know how to fully flesh them out yeah. or like put it on an album in any way. And it just falls flat almost yeah I think this is the first time where I'm the most positive one about this kind of album <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> like um I don't know I like I, I feel like a lot of the albums that Aiden throws up that are kind of like alternative indie are I usually find like more on the boring side like I said just mainly because it's like it's a little bit like slower kind of like more mellow and it's not really my thing yeah. but I, I just like I I enjoyed the more interesting instrumentation in a lot of tracks, right? Mm-hmm. It really, like, was, like, drawing and kept me listening. I, I do agree that, like, I feel like overall her vocals are kind of boring, mm-hmm. right? I don't I don't feel like she brought it back. I feel like the instrumentation was, like, keeping me going a lot with this. And I was like, I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed, like, a lot, like, Last Forest, I really liked, I really liked Gracious Day, and I liked Two of Everything. I liked those songs a lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, it just, uh, I feel like the album was well-paced. I never felt overly bored mm-hmm. or, or like I never felt bored because like it, or it never had like a high and then like a really boring low and then like a high yeah, again. Yeah, like it was all like kind of like It very, was like pretty steady. Very like, coastable. Yeah, very coast. Exactly. It's a very coastable. And like to the most part, I find that enjoyable. I think that's yeah. why I didn't like it though. Yeah. Just because it's like one of those albums where it's like cozy almost. It has that descriptor where yeah, you yeah, can just cozy. like throw on in the background and it's like. Yeah. You can just let it ride out, like it's background party music almost. Yeah, Which, I think that that has its place though. Oh, it has its place at a party, just not. When I, I, I don't even. Th- I don't. Oh, well, I guess so. <laughs> but I think like, well, I guess 
<laughs> like I like even if I'm doing some work or anything, like I think I have yeah, the song. I, I, like I feel yeah. like it's a perfect I, kind of thing I, where I'm just being an ass. I know, I know. Yeah. I just think it's a perfect kind of thing to throw on and continue on with your life. Yeah, fair right. Yeah. yeah, that's just like and that has I, its place, and I yeah. really and I enjoyed it for what I brought to the table. Myself. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I guess I just use different forms of music for that kind of outlet instead of indie rock. Yeah, oh, that's fair. Yeah. I don't usually pick indie rock either. Yeah, usually electronic for me. But, yeah, exactly. But. Uh, I, I found it in the similar vein, and I still found like every like enough to grab yeah, out of enough it. to no, more than enough. Like I actually genuinely like enjoyed like it really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. which is surprising because you came into it being like lukewarm and Andy's pretty negative. <laughs> and I was like, damn, every disagreeing on everything today. Let's <laughs> we'll end off on a positive. Yeah, note. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like and. I don't know. It, it comes to her benefit that it seems like she was also like the the main producer for a lot of this too, so I appreciated that out of her. Like I think she kind of has a good ear for that sort of. For this album, it seemed like she had a good ear for like how to switch things up or like when to add distortion or when to add. Kind of different, tinges onto things, so I appreciated that. But yeah, like I I think. I'm happy with this album and the fact that, like, I came into it expecting maybe the vocals to be more of the forefront, but I was pleasantly surprised that there was some more creativity in the instrumentation. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I, like, enjoyed about it, right? Yeah. It had <clears throat> a very, very interesting section sometimes, mm-hmm. to, and it made up for the lacking vocals to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I can... That's all I had to say about it. Yeah, Yeah, I think we can move on to your classic album, Jagan. I think this is the first time where uh, any of us picked an album where all of us were very... Have, like, a strong attachment. Yeah, a very strong attachment. Um, I picked a very well-known progressive metal album from the band Between the Barrett and Me, it is their sophomore, right? The second? No, it's their fourth. Technically. No. Okay. Oh, whoops. Oh, my God. Their fourth. Yeah. I would, wow. Why did I think I it was just... Oh, you know... Because there's their self-titled sounds for Kiss of Alaska and then Colors. Oh. I, I was thinking third. I forgot about the self-titled. Ah. Anyways, it is their fourth album. It is Colors. Yeah. Um, came out in but 2007. Think, yeah. And, and oh. we'll... we'll We'll be able to talk about the the importance of this record once we get to it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just um, um, yeah. It came out in two thousand seven. Uh, the whole it's a concept album, so all these songs flow into each other. And I think this this peaked in on a lot of our. Uh, Aiden was never really in it, but in, in our in our like uh, in our prog rock, our prog metal jerking off phase, uh, we <laughs> and, like yeah, if the whole album was would flow into each other like that, like, we'd, we'd lose our mind. Yeah, so they I, could do that. <laughs> I think this might have been one of the only bands Aiden related to. And yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, between maybe, the buried and me was like protest. Maybe yeah. Yeah, I think. Because you were still there really was like, into I, like dance, Gavin dance. I think and, there, like, there was yeah. a trinity of like these like prog, mashupy kind of prog. I think albums. it was like the gent Venn diagram. Like if we yeah. listed our like music taste, Aiden were like the gentier <laughs> bands and stuff. Yeah, like that. or like, and we were like the more yeah. like dream theater related bands. Yeah, like I like <laughs> yeah. like I feel like there was like a modern a modernist idea 
for me that I like that's where I was like generally grasping towards whereas like the safety fire was doing things and the safety fire was like killing it in my eyes of like aren't they back they're, they're potentially back yeah yeah <laughs> I'm hyped for that wow. yeah where it's just like I liked their twist and they're able to kind of like I don't know keep Gent alive and keep it interesting like Gent is one of those albums that just like fell flat on its fucking face <laughs> we did it oh yeah like it only like I'd say it only lasted like a couple of three, years. four years. Yeah. Yeah. Just like between like maybe like 2011 to 2014, 15, right? Yeah. I feel like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just died off. Wow. Yeah. Really? What about some of the bigger ones? Are they still like, around? Like Periphery's still they're, around. They're, they're still releasing like... albums. Like Tesseract still released an album like, and uh, Periphery released What about like Meshuggah? Meshuggah yeah. was never really associated with the scene. Like, they may have had the tone, but... Yeah. They were, like, yeah. They're like in name alone. Yeah. They were like, oh, this is this is a gent, right? I guess so. Yeah, just because they <laughs> had the guitar tone, but they were totally, like, stylistically different yeah. from gent bands. They were definitely more like a Gojira. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so this album is broken up into... Personally, I would say about three parts. Yeah, kind of like that right. three-act structure. Yeah, there's a three-act structure. So it's the first three songs, um, roughly about 12 minutes, and then the next three, which is the vast majority of it, I think equates to about 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then there's the last two. One is an interlude Viridian, and one is the <sighs> outro song, the longest song of the album, White Walls. Um, yeah. Close to 20 minutes. 20? I thought it was like 14. I'm thinking of Great Misdirect. Yeah, yeah. you are. Yeah, this, yeah 14 <laughs> yeah. minutes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, where to even get started on this? Colors, <laughs> I, like, yeah, eating. <laughs> yeah, colors is like the absolute watershed moment for BT Bam, where just like they weren't necessarily like a wa- like a, a run of the mill like deathy metalcore band, but they sort of had that uh, that layer thrown on them in terms of like oh like these are the guys that kind of just this is what they do, and Tommy Rogers. And, or Tommy Giles, Ga- Tommy Giles. Giles yeah. yeah he always kind of like at this point he really wanted to push the band and the con- the idea of Between the Bear and Me into like this whole new direction and then like I think this is like the first and only time the, the first and the best time for his concept of like I want to do a like opera I want to do like a rocky opera kind of thing yeah. and have it like really work out. Because I did it again and it did not work out. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was but Parallax it, you? No. Uh, the Coma, Coma Machine. Oh, I never Coma listened. Machine, yeah. Coma yeah. Ecliptic or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where it's just like, like they busted their ass in terms of like they want all these songs to blend together. They want all these different like genre or like musical sections and they really wanted to showcase like just <clears throat> the the sheer the sheer mind bendedness I don't know if of, I'm just pulling this out of my ass but didn't they say they wanted to kind of make it like their dark side of the moon I feel like that's probably and what that's they have said kind at some of like point. the reference to the album cover too yeah I feel like I've read that somewhere mm-hmm. could be just because I'm relating the two album covers <laughs> yeah yeah that's super not that, uh, because sure Dark Side of the Moon is one of those albums where it's also where it just flows perfectly together. Yeah. And so I could see it being a reference point of what they yeah. wanted to try and accomplish there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like... 
Yeah, it's like everyone in this band at this moment was like at the tip top of their prime at like yeah. their instrument, their own like respective like instrument. Yeah. And like how they can switch between styles and everything, like their knowledge of the music and everything was just super well thought out. So true. It's easily Tommy's best vocal album, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I feel like <clears throat> he's starting and like by like Parallax too. You can really hear the strain on his voice, if you ask me. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And this was like kind of his prime time vocal era. Uh, Blake on the drums, the drumming in this album is absolutely insane, especially in like the middle act between pretty much all Son and Nothing all the way to prequel to sequel. Incredibly well done drumming, like all like mm-hmm. the drum fills. Oh my god, um, <laughs> I fucking love "Son of Nothing." I think that's yeah. my favorite song on the album. I think mine is "Ants of the Sky." Yeah, I think "Ants of the Sky" is out there for me too. It's just that the it starts off sprinting with that drum fill and everything. Yeah, I mean from "Son of Nothing." Right, mm-hmm. the ending of that, and then it just continues. It's such like a a high energy song. Yeah, that I think I love like that so is much. yeah. That song that probably that one has like probably the most vibrant genre switch ups. Yeah, uh, like it's the most like experimental. Yeah, in that like, regard, they're not afraid I, to have like quick changes into different things. Yeah, yeah. And they all just like worked. Like and it worked. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, it, then it goes into probably their catchiest song on the album too. Prequel to the sequel. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the catchiest riffs they've ever like written. Yeah. I remember that song I, being because rem- Kieran. I remember Kieran buying like the metal rock band pack. Oh no, it was or... the free rock band pack it came with. Was it? Yeah, oh, there right. there was twenty free songs they released. Yeah, I played so much rock band, so I, I know <laughs> yeah, that's this. Song. Right. That's because I was just about to mention that this is how I discovered the band was yeah. because I was prequel like, to the sequel. Yeah, well, I would also watch uh, rock band YouTubers like yeah. play the songs oh, and like a hundred percent in it and everything oh. in my free time and <laughs> and they would show like the hardest songs and that's why I downloaded so many of those like metal songs because yeah. I'm like I want to master them <laughs> yeah this is like the album that like I'm not sure if it would have necessarily even like benefited me anymore to have like had been a part of like the promotional part of this album when it was coming out but there was like a ton like I was looking up into it and there was like a a lot of interesting stuff that they were kind of doing to promote this album at the beginning was like they didn't want to they didn't want to release singles of this because I don't like they just yeah. like that like this album is not like a singles yeah oh, totally a for singles sure. album yeah um so instead of promoting it they they issued like short like color tinged teasers that feature clips from like classic movies that's it so like there's a total of eight videos that would appear one per song and then each disappeared completely within like 24 hours or something like that so um on september 18th 2007 fans finally got to plunge down the colored wormhole as tommy rogers's piano lured them into a a lush eruption of sonic jubilance and this is for um informal gluttony and uh into uh the decade of statues b was like the what the fuck moment plunges into like full on Indiana Jones with informal gluttony and it was just like I think people were like really excited to like how this album was gonna go through, gonna go through. man that, that kind of like, <clears throat> it's like an marketing is like 20 like 18 style marketing like where it's like all that, these like, like cryptic clips yeah and there's everything. like the, the band deletes their whole Instagram yeah, and starts yeah. over that kind of the, thing yeah 
even like it's really cool yeah. I, I yeah like you got me thinking about that too i wonder how like how big they were at the time too yeah. like how much press did this band actually get yeah. before colors yeah i'm curious yeah and yeah like ants of the sky just has like this weird like carnival thing to it the solos are s- super good and then like uh, like that hoe down near the end yeah like, so this guy's the banjo one right yeah they're like what the hell are you doing around yeah, there yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like one of the best like paul wagoner solos yeah. is on ants of the sky hands down and then Viridian and is just like Dan Briggs' fucking yeah. bass is incredible yeah. mm-hmm. like almost tear worthy <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't stop too it's, it, it's the album that keeps on giving yeah and I think like um, yeah there's like a lot of like inner conceptual writing on like what um on how Tommy and I think I'm sure like a lot of the other band perceived um, between the very and me and like the music industry to be at the time and how they wanted to avoid a lot of that there's some of that like inner workings outside of the concept that they were already working on that kind of touched back on like the band as an entity itself that I really appreciated and some of the concepts still kind of like continued right up into Parallax 2 and that, that Parallax series um but nothing hits as strongly as like the lyrics in White Walls that seem to be like the band reflecting in on itself and sort of like a bit of an attack on Victory Records if you can oh, if you can fucking I like believe that, that this oh, album that this band that had back three records that were on that were that were put out oh, by Victory Records. Are they still around? I think they might have like dismantled or like Finally, they, I, don't, yeah. I don't think Victory Jeez, Records I, exists. I, I remember that whole controversy with the Victory Records. Yeah. Because that was huge with like a data remember. I a remember. data remember and like yeah. this band and I feel like there's a, a there bunch was, of there fucking bands. There's a bunch of I'm pretty sure and like, like and that's I'm part of sure the, it was like a mirror or a tiller or something yeah. like that. And that's well. that's part of the reason that it took them so long to have like um to get any sort of like a uh, distribution rights with colors and with the great misdirect. Yeah. for so long like it, it only was finally like last year that they were able to finally kind of like put out the remasters or whatever that they wanted to do for right. colors and for the great wow. misdirect yeah because both of those were on victory records so they were kind of holding them back but like even like the, the lyrics are like we need devotion yeah, right. we need worship it's not on victory Da-da-da. records anymore don't show them how you don't show them who you truly are who would want honesty who would want a group of people that one can relate with they have to look up simple peasants who the fuck thinks <laughs> we can all be on one similar plane da, 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 da. and sort of just like that conject that idea of like the the idolatry behind musicians or bands or like that sort of thing i think that's kind of like they are going for with white walls at least how i kind of read it me and me and andy were actually talking about how <coughs> we didn't and can't to some extent pay attention to the lyrics in this because oh. I can't understand most of the lyrics yeah. I'll be honest like <laughs> I think that's part of like and we were like that's part of like the reason that like Tommy Rogers like just sticks out super well as a vocalist and he's always kind of stuck out to me and like I'm I'm not I like I'm definitely not in the like uh, the majority opinion because I know like Eden from Heavy Blog is Heavy never has liked Tommy's vocals or anything like that but I really appreciate that there is sort of like a a legibility even when he's 
harsh vocals, and maybe that's just from my time being with harsh vocals. But he is probably one of those. He's one of those vocalists that has a sort of illegibility. No, for sure, he's definitely more understandable than a lot. But there's definitely like there's full sentences I can understand from yeah. him in comparison to quite a lot of artists. Yeah. But as an overall thing, can if I was to say how many of the lyrics, if I try paying touch up, yeah. probably say like fifty to sixty percent. Yeah. Not enough to get a full grasp. So That's therefore, fair. to the most part, I just don't pay attention. That's to fair. It. Yeah. And it makes yeah. it tough, right? Yeah. yeah. My thing with a lot of like uh, harsh vocals as well is again going back to my album. It's like another type of sound almost, and I act like it where. It just adds to the music as well. Yeah. I'm reading the Victory Records thing, though, right now. Yeah. (laughs) What happened with them? They got bought out. But uh, a lot of the controversy bands had, it doesn't say here, but Between the Bird and Me, I think. But a lot of them seems to be royalty issues and just owning, like, their music and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so. Yeah. I think, like... It takes a lot, and it takes a lot of self-knowledge of, like, how much effort and how much work was put into this record for you to sort of end this album off as, like, we will, literally with, we will be remembered for this. (laughs) Yeah. And it paid off. It worked for them. It paid the fuck off. Yeah. I didn't didn't realize there was this much work that went out behind it. Mm -hmm. Because, I I mean, I I got into it much later. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, even you guys. I guess you just you guys probably just like looked it up and post dating it. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Of a course, little yeah. bit, yeah. I think like me and Kieran. I think we we all Kieran and I like really shared Alaska, Great Misdirect, and Colors like together for a, a long ass time. And I think we the the association and the jump that they had from Alaska to this is so noticeable. And I think that's part of like the, mm-hmm. the context there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the Great Misdirect is, like, a continuation of colors, almost, I would yeah. say. And, like, style and sound. I don't, yeah. th- I don't think it's nearly as good. I think it's still up there for <laughs> I me. Think, I, I think, think it goes really colors, good. Alaska, still... Great Misdirect, for sure. Alaska oh. is a lot better than Great Misdirect. <sighs> I don't know what it is. I know. <laughs> I, and when I say a lot better, it's still a very good album. Okay, I just think there's just something missing from the album for me. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I listened to it. Maybe I'll I would, know. I would yeah. recommend listening to it again. It's, yeah, I'll give it it's how I see it. Here's the Pink Floyd comparison again. Uh, <laughs> Colors is the dark side of the moon, and the Great Misdirect is their animals. Yeah. That's how I see it. I can see that. Yeah, and I think that I love both those albums too, and I couldn't compare the two. It's like yeah, they're very different. Yeah, they're very yeah. different in a yeah. way. They like are similar stylistically but what they like execute is different in mm. each album and so like uh, I think the the one thing that ties Colors and Great Misdirect together too is that both ending tracks have the feature vocals from In Fear not In Fear and Flames but what's it that... Fear and Faith I think so <laughs> no they wouldn't be In Fear of hmm. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Like, the hardcore band, Fear of the Flames of whatever. Yeah. Um, What's the name? Fear Before the March of the Flames? Them? That sounds about right. 
I mean, it could be. Could be also like I remember. I, I who both. else were they associated with? Like Fall of Troy. Maybe. Blood Brothers. Fear before. Fear before the march. No. Yeah, it's fear before the march. They changed their name to fear before. That's a, that's the only guest musician on Wikipedia for, but that's for a prequel, prequel to the, the sequel. sequel. It doesn't say there's a guest musician for White Walls. Oh, yeah, no, I've been thinking. I'm just thinking of prequel to the sequel. But yeah. is he? On and I was the thinking of Swin, Swin to the Mood. He's on Swim to the Mood for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Swim to the Mood. <laughs> yeah, now we know what album you'll pick, Aiden. At some point. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely there top album that they'll never top again mm-hmm. but they poured all their heart into it and I don't think they're trying to top colors in any way yeah huh? <laughs> <laughs> just sitting over there Aiden texting <laughs> I wasn't I was looking up was there anything is there anything left to say do you guys want to splurge more Viridian is really good. Like, probably... <laughs> Man, like... I think that's where we left off. We're talking about the base on yeah, Viridian, yeah, and, yeah, then, and then we went, went off. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay, though. Yeah, no, it's just... Because Viridian White Walls, honestly, every song you could just talk about yeah. on here and <clears> lift off the positives. What are the negatives about this album? <laughs> is there any negatives? Honestly, it does, really. I can't really think of one in this. I'm trying, like, I don't think there 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 <clears throat> like isn't a, really a, aside from personal preference, like people yeah. not liking lawn songs or like yeah. There's there's no pacing issue. Yeah, I know. Yeah. With this, yeah, I think this would be honestly like yeah. I mean, it's definitely in like one of my favorite albums ever, mm-hmm. and I think that it deservedly be is to be there because it is actually quite an incredible album. Mm-hmm. Like skill wise and pacing wise, production wise, everything is just it's very on point. And mm-hmm. if, I mean clearly there's there's a reason why now that I learned is like they really wanted to, yeah. If this is their final go here, it's gonna be the best thing they've ever done. Like that was yeah. kind of the mentality. Yeah. I'm not even I I I'm not sure if they saw themselves as like doing this as like a swan song even, but I think it was just like we don't want to be boxed in anymore with the the metalcore scene scene and we we want to like just like yeah destroy any sort of perception of us yeah because metalcore had a pretty negative perception back then Mm -hmm. still kind of does oh yeah yeah Yeah, because it started becoming more like attack on attack and shit like that yeah and between the barrier to me was far from that they were more influenced from the 90s metalcore scene which was more yeah. hardcore based yeah but obviously they were getting lumped in well yeah especially like um paul wagner was always Prague, but i think the other blake Retru- blake richardson probably had a bit of like i feel like he was probably in some he like... was in glass casket they're like a proggy deathcore band yeah he has i'm sure he had some like hardcore yeah and in- influences and then the other guitarist I think Dusty was... Dusty Warren was probably super 
grindy. Yeah. I feel like he probably has like some a crying car. Well, yeah. Glass Casket was like a mixture of that. I I think two of them came from it. I think it was yeah. like in someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this album is just it's just fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's really nothing bad to say about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I've been trying to think of something. No, it's one of those albums that we all have history with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we all spent a lot of time with. And it's... Yeah. almost all of high school. Almost... Yeah, wow. Almost feels right to give it a 10. Yeah. Yeah. A nostalgic 10. Yeah, nostalgic 10. <laughs> nostalgic 11. It's one of the... F- Mm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I go that far. What are you gonna but say? it's like one of the notable part one, part two, part A, part B, like out songs that kind of really, really worked for them. And I feel like they tried to try, they tried to get that energy again on some records that didn't necessarily land. Like on Parallax Two. Like on Parallax Two. I can't even remember Coma Ecliptic. I think at that point I was just a little bit out of the out of the death. Uh, Frog, mm-hmm. yeah, death scene, that, that's right? that's when I checked out as well. Right. I would say, <clears throat> but I saw. I remember. I remember Parallax Two quite fondly. I remember really liking that album. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember I really. Was, I think Parallax Two that was around like our peak of liking, like super into metal and everything. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. when it was coming out. Because that would have been like 2012, 2013 ish. I think I think that came out even like twenty fifteen, didn't it? No, Como Clip Parallax was twenty twelve. Whoa! Yeah, really? It came out in high wow. school because I remember we were all hyping it up, and we we're still in high school. Wow! Damn. Because it yeah. was like around the same time as like uh, Volition too. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a I long time. Old. I feel old. <laughs> yeah, Colors is thirteen years old now. Yeah. Twenty. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When you, when you said 13 years, I was like, 2004? I was like, oh, I thought it came out in 2007. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. It's like one of those things when people ask me my age, I always say, like, 21, even though I'm, like, yeah, 24 now, just because I, I, I think I am. I still feel 21. Yeah. Just like, I just, like, don't think that, like, I age anymore. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, anytime I go to, like, the liquor mart, I'm like, oh, yeah, they'll need to see my ID. And I'm like, wait, I'm 25. <laughs> But they still ask me for my ID anyways because yeah, I, I, I look 40. like I'm 17. If you're under 40, they'll always ask. They still ask me and have a full beard. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They're always going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's good. I think be. that's good. Yeah. yeah thank you yeah. for listening. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, we're going to actually start this back up. Be more stable. Just be yeah. more stable and not yeah. three-month break. Consistent. Yeah. I think we can do it. I think so, yeah. It just took a minute to for one yeah. of us to be like hey what's going on yeah <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> with, the, with the christmas season it does get kind of hectic and everything yeah, yeah. exactly because exams yeah shit like that family stuff mm-hmm. all the yeah. stuff literally but now it's all free time from here on out <laughs> no i was gonna say do thank yeah thank uh <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you once again to Say Young for uh, doing the intro outro music, and thank you to our uh, our friend Yanni who did the uh, podcast artwork, and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. Do we have a sponsor yet? No. Like Squarespace, the Blue Chef, or NordVPN. <laughs> <laughs>
Do you want to shout? <laughs> Do you want to sponsor us with your new app, yeah. Jogan? Oh my yeah. god! End shout it. out to our sponsor. End it. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> thank you.